Hi, my name is George Stalker, and this is LastWeekend.net for the week ending October 31st, 2020. What a week. We had a blue moon, Halloween, and daylight savings time all in one night. In case you're the voting type here in these United States, that's happening tomorrow, Election Day, where the choices are between two old white guys. You would think we would have learned our lesson by now, but we haven't. But this is not Last Week in Politics. This is Last Week in .NET. So let's get to it. .NET Conf is November 10th through the 12th. I'll be live tweeting as much as possible on Twitter at Gortok. That's G-O-R-T-O-K. And if somehow your working situation allows you to partake, you should. This is when .NET 5 will be released, and there should be lots of goodies, especially Blazor. Now, last week, I talked about a bug with regards to string.index of comparisons in .NET 5 and .NET Core 3.1. This turns out to be a major paradigm shift, not an actual bug, and a lot of people, including me, were caught by surprise by it. If you do string.index of comparisons for cross-platform data ingestion, for example, if you ingest log files in Windows and log files on Nix systems, and potentially have mixed uh, new lines, that is, slash r slash n and slash n, you're going to run into this situation. There are other situations where you'll run into it as well, but this would be the most common in an ASCII-based system context. Now, the non-bug bug here is that the behavior is different on Windows versus Linux, and the behavior itself has changed over the life of .NET Core on Windows. Specifically, when they decided to stop using NLS and start using ICU on Windows. Now, Linux has always used ICU. NLS and ICU are, um, well, as I understand it, methods of uh, globalization. These are standards, and they switched from NLS to ICU on Windows. Now, there's a GitHub thread here with more detail, but there's the bottom line. You need to be on the lookout for this when you ingest strings from external sources and are using string.index of or string.contains. And you need to make sure you're using ordinal comparison in these cases. Jimmy Bogard, the person who found this non-bug bug, also released a blog post about it and where he breaks down what happens and why it happens. Levi Broderick of the .NET team also opened a new GitHub issue to game plan the way forward so developers aren't caught by surprise with this change. Simon Krop found an issue on Twitter where if you use process.waitforexit and the process.outputdataRecieved events and you're running multiple processes, you can get empty or partial output data that's redirected from standard out. Now this bug came, came up in 2018, but it's getting increased in tension now that .NET 5 is almost at the finish line. It's not fixed, but you're just being aware of it. Now, have you heard of the Microsoft.NET HTTP REPL package? It's, well, an HTTP REPL for .NET. Now, REPL here stands for Read, Evaluate, Print Line. It's brought to us by the focus at Microsoft, and they had another release last week for version 5.0.0-preview.20527.2. It is in preview, but I expect it to be generally available when .NET 5 lands. If you want something like 
postman for the command line. Give this a try. I can hear the curl folks screaming now. There's an archived video stream that took place on 2 October 2020 that talked about the performance improvements in .NET 5. Now, this video clocks in in just under two hours, but if you're a performance wonk, this may be up your alley. Special thanks go out to D.D. Walsh on Twitter. That's at D-D-S-K-I-E-R for making me aware of this. On the subject of Twitter, David Fowler, who is at David Fowl on Twitter, released screenshots on how in .NET 5 you can now break down where a network call took the most time in ASP.NET Core. This works for the HTTP server, HTTP client, DNS, and sockets classes, and it really is pretty wild to see. RIP Flash. Hmm. There's an update to Windows 10 that permanently removes Adobe Flash. Now, Flash defined rich internet applications at one point in time, and while I'm sad to see it go, it was a relic of yesteryear. Though, funny enough, nothing really yet has uh, replaced it bit for bit. The update in question is KB45775866 and is listed as optional for now. The call for speakers for .NET Open Source Days 2020 is open. If you run or maintain an open source project on .NET, you should consider submitting a talk. .NET Framework, October 2020, Cumulative Update Preview Update for Windows 10 version 2004 and Windows Server version 2004 has been released. Oh. This release fixes an issue if you use the Kazakh Coalition in SQL Client and a regression issue with WPF where two host visual elements disconnect at the same time. A crash with WPF has also been fixed, this having to do with typing into a text box. Users tend to do a lot of that, so I'm glad they fixed it. In the category of API design ideas, there's a blog post out about a new way to do REST API versioning, and I'll let you read it. I, for one, have been a part of enough holy wars over HTTP and REST API versioning that I'm perfectly happy never getting into another one. Since Twitter comments are typically better than blog comments, you can see how everyone feels about it by checking out the associated Twitter thread. And that's what happened last week in .NET. I'm George Stocker, and I help teams develop better software faster through test-driven development. If you're interested, reach out at www.doubleyourproductivity.io. Thanks, and I'll see you next week.